Let us pray. By your spirit, Lord, help us to go deeper. To go deeper in our relationship with you. To to commit our whole selves to you. Not to sit on the fence, Lord, but to go all in for you. Starting now. Not that we're in a race and not that we're trying to compete, Lord, but we want to be fully committed to you. So help us, Lord, by shifting our minds, our hearts, our spirits and souls to live for you. By your spirit, Lord, help us to hear what you would have for us this day. We'll give you all the honor and the glory that you deserve, for it is in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our King and Lord. Amen. Our passage of scripture, which will guide our time today, comes from the 10th chapter of Romans, verses 1 through 13, and it reads from the New Revised Standard Version. Brothers and sisters. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I can testify that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened for being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own. They have not submitted to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law so that there there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law. That the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down or Who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you on your lips and in your hearts. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and is so justified. And one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Of course, for the last several weeks, we have been in this sermon series, Shift. In the first week, of course, we dealt with the mind where the the title was Mind Shift Up. And then the second part was Minding the Things of the Heart. And Thomas dealt with the soul by using the analogy of the Spirit of God. And today we are going to close out this this sermon series with the title, All In For God. 
Now let me give this disclaimer. The title was what the Lord gave me. I am a Carolina fan and I will not give the credit to Davos Swinton, uh, Sw Swinton, right? Whatever his name is. <laughs> but I must say this. Mona, pray for me, please. Indeed, I am a, a diehard Carolina fan, but, but, but this slogan that, that Dabble uses a lot is very in, impactful. And, I, and, and in all seriousness, and this is not about him, I have much, much, much respect for him. And I really don't have a problem with the Tigers either. They're a great football, football team. I will not wear Gotti uh, orange. But I, I must say this, that, that Dabo's slogan, All In, is powerful and motivating. You know, consider, considering that I'm a, aware of his faith convictions, I do believe that it is more than just a, a, a rally for the Tigers. I, I believe it is a, a true testament to to his faith, and again, this is not about about dabble, but I think it, it it leads us into that 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 full commitment, regardless of of who's watching or, or what side that you're on. And I like something uh, that he he did, or a conversation in in the press, and, and I'm going to quote something that he said. He he said this. He said, "I know that my purpose as a man is." To glorify God. His purpose is not to be a dynamic coach. His purpose is to glorify God in everything that he does. And I think that is a, a, a great example for all of us. And obviously we can find other people to, to, to respect when it comes to their convictions and to their, their faith. But I, I, I used him be, because every single time I, I see him at a press conference, every time, at least I don't watch him at all the press conferences, but he's always giving God glory. He's always giving God praise. And I think that resonates a whole lot more than him just being a, a national championship coach. I said this in, in, in my first sermon in this sermon series that oftentimes we go all in for our sports team. We go we go all in for certain things, but but as even as Christian believers, I think sometimes we tip toe when it comes to our commitment to God. And I think that Paul was on to something when he was talking to this church in, in Rome. And, and to give you kind of a backdrop, this was not a church that Paul started. It was a church that was very well uh, founded. It was very grounded in what they believed. That was the church with the money. Obviously, he was there to get money to try to help him to continue on his mission trips. But here in this particular passage of scripture, he's reminding them about their commitment. One theologian said this, he said that although that particular church was very strong, Paul felt a need, or we gauge that Paul was uh, encouraging them 
encouraging people who doubted their salvation, people who doubted their relationship with God. Of course, during that time and even in our present time, I think sometimes we think that there needs to be bells and whistles when it comes to giving our life to Christ. We think that there should be all kind of formalities and all kind of litanies and everything else that we have to do before we tell God yes. I think we get membership and discipleship mixed up. Now, they're one and the same by all means, but I would rather someone be a disciple of Christ before they become a member of Central any day. Any day. And I think Paul was reminding them that your commitment is to Christ. And again, it doesn't take the bells and whistles. Only thing you have to do is confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart. And the scripture tells us you will be saved. I remember when I was, was, was 16, of course, many of you know my story that I grew up in a, a, a very spiritual household. That's the, the political way of saying it. I grew up in a religious household, a Christian household. But my family never forced any of us to commit ourselves to God. Yes, I was confirmed at 12 years of age, but but it was a little it was different back, back then. Again, I wasn't forced by all means, but I still really didn't understand what that meant until I turned 16. It wasn't until I was at uh, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event at Surfside Beach in 1986. And of course, growing up in a Christian home, I knew about Jesus. I knew about the functions of the church. I knew about all of those things, but I really didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship. So I remember when I went to my camp, my camp counselor and, and I was like, I felt God, I felt like God was tugging at my heart and I, I want to do more. I want to commit myself to God. You know, what are the root, what is the routine? I remember, what is the routine to give my life to Christ? And he said, Derek, there's no routine. And he pointed me to this particular passage of scripture. And, and some of you, you, you're older, people probably remember the first verse that that was quoted to us was Romans 10, 9, and 10. That was the cornerstone of giving your life to Christ. And let me kind of spread it out a little bit and try not to go off into a tangent. But so we know that Romans, the book of Romans is considered the constitution of our Christian faith. John Wesley used it a lot. Dr. Martin Luther King used it a lot. Martin Luther uh, quoted from it a lot. John Calvin used it a lot. Ignatius used the book of Romans a lot. So it pointed us, to, pointed us back to the basic tenets of establishing that relationship with God. But even for some of us who remember Romans 10, 9, and 10 growing up, or me remembering from that Fellowship of Christian Athletes event when I, I, I said it, I, I think sometimes we create routines for ourselves and we'll say things, we'll quote things, but we really don't, don't commit ourselves to what it really means. 
We don't allow ourselves to go deeper into it. I do believe wholeheartedly, and I will fight tooth and nail in my belief that Jesus Christ is the very best hope for all humanity. Not just downtrodden humanity, but all humanity. But I think we have limited Jesus to a convenience. And I, I say this, I've said it over and over and over again, and no one can't shouldn't question my allegiance and my pledge to the, to the United States because I, I love the United States bar, bar none but I think sometimes we do have it convenient because it's a Christian or Judeo-Christian society it's very easy to say that I am a Christian in the United States because we have so many freedoms but I think that the, the church is failing because we, we don't encourage, not push, not pry, but we don't encourage people to go deeper into their faith. We don't encourage people to go all in. Yes, we do service and outreach initiatives. For example, we feed the hungry, but how about having a heart or passion to eradicate poverty? Let's not just feed the hungry, but let's do it in, in a spirit to eradicate. Sure, we can love people, but how about we learn how to embrace people? Sure, we can offer hope to other people, but why not allow yourself to taste the salt in someone's tears? All in for God means all in. And sometimes going all in for God may be very uncomfortable. There may be times where you may risk the, the sake of, of losing friends. And I'm not saying that we, we should automatically become tyrants or anything like that. Far, far from it. But I think sometimes that we, we try, again, we try to make Jesus convenient while we still participate in, in other things. So be balanced now, be balanced. I'm not talking about this overzealous type, type of uh, relationship or belief system by all means. But all in means God forsaking all, I take him. I take you, Jesus. I am going to, I'm going to proclaim you in, in circles and, and in spaces when it's not the popular thing to do. Now, you might not, you can do it, but if you're drinking and stuff like that, you, know, you might get pushed out of the party, I'm just saying. But it's okay to go all in for Jesus. It's okay, my friends, to roll up your sleeves, to get down and dirty, to get in the muck and mire with people, to give of yourself in ways that, that you probably never ever gave of yourself. I'm encouraging us not just to shift in, 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 in saying or saying that we're going to shift, but totally, totally shift. To go all in for God. We can do so. 
by being so much kinder to each other. I've seen so much fighting. I, I, I've learned to just cut off the television and just tune out because of all the crazy stuff that's going on. I monitor my use on social media as much as possible. If I see something negative come, on, come across my news feed, I get off. Because it's very easy to get caught up in all of that, all of that nonsense. But if we use that same energy towards things that are negative or appear to be negative and use it for good or use it for our relationship with God, I just believe that we'll make a bigger difference in the world. There's this old, this, this old saying uh, that is so wrong, and let me correct you, there is no I in team. Yes, it is. It's an M and E. So you're part of the team, which means that we're all supposed to take personal responsibility for not only for our actions, but for our relationship. I believe if we go all in for Jesus, if we fully commit ourselves to Jesus and commit ourselves to doing good, I believe that we will do good. I believe that we'll be the difference that we want to see in the world. I believe that our, our willingness and our faith will become contagious. Sure, people may think that you're crazy because you love Jesus so much, but that's one thing, one good thing that they can say about you. I'd rather someone say that he's crazy for Jesus than just crazy. We are called for purpose on purpose, my friends. So how many of y'all are willing to go all in and you don't have to be a Clemson fan? How many of you are willing to go all in for Jesus? How many of you are willing to go all in for Jesus? Don't be scared. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. How many of you are willing to tell God yes? Here I am, God. Yes, I'm, I may be broken. Yes, I may have issues. Yes, there are things in my life that probably still need to be shifted and shaken up. But God, I'm putting everything on, on the line for you. Fill me up, Lord, with your spirit. Have me to look more like you, to act more like you, to think more like you, to love more like you. That's a big request, my friends. But the reason for this whole sermon series, and, and I was talking to Thomas and, and Mag, I, the Lord dropped it in my spirit, but I prayed on it and I said, God, you know, what are, what are you, you, you leading me to do when it comes to the sermon series? And God dropped in my spirit very clear, almost very audible, that, you know, I need people who are willing to fully commit themselves to me. I don't know what that looks like in your life. So you have to make, you have to spend time with God to determine what God is trying to show you. You may need to get more, become more involved in outreach initiatives. Not for the sake of getting the annual award of the year, because I'm pretty sure Catherine's going to care less and she's going to continue to do the service work with or without an award. Maybe you need to participate in the school systems, serve as a mentor, go out and be a reader, participate in the literacy council, participate, plug, 
Habitat for Humanity, we are building a house right now. We need volunteers. Whatever that is, my friends, go all in. But it's not just about the service initiatives, but it's your entire life. Go all in with your full commitment to God. And here's the wonderful thing about this, my friends. We are not alone in this journey. God is with us. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, we confess with our lips that Jesus is, a Lord, is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God, you did raise him from the dead. And by the scriptures, we believe that we are saved by that simple yet powerful scripture. Help us to be more willing, Lord, to, to go all in for you, despite how uncomfortable it may feel, Lord. Help us to go all in for you, not only with our lips, Lord, but with our whole selves. Inspire us, encourage us, but more importantly, by your spirit, empower us. We trust you. Lead us. Guide us. Thank you for this invitation to be engrafted into your family and to be your hands and feet in every place that you lead us. For it is in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen. Let us all now stand, my friends. All in for God. All in for God. All in for God. Now by the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us both now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Oh, creatures of our God and King.